Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Where to begin, where to begin with this podcast? The podcast that I have prepared for you this week is called You're Not God, 10 Reminders for the Sensitive Soul. And as you might have noticed, I didn't record a podcast last week due to all of the things that were happening here in my country, here in America. I thought it was appropriate to stay silent and witness and observe and um, do my best to not react, but to be mindful and try to respond appropriately. Um, So what my guides told me to do, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to do this podcast today, You're Not God. And it was done almost a year ago to the date in that um, I wrote an article called You're Not God uh, about a year ago. And my first like 20 podcasts are going to be based off of the articles I've written previously um, because podcasting helps me uh, go ahead and sort of talk off of the the things that I talked about in the article. It's my foundation and it's helping me get used to podcasting. <laughs> um, but I wanted to go over the articles to get used to podcasting and to really be able to have a conversation with you about the things I've already written about. And I think I only have about six more of those to go and then it will be, you know, more focused on sort of the fundamentals of intuition and, um, maybe more heart-to-heart stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll see, quite frankly. The podcast will become what it was really intended for. But in the meantime, um, my last podcast was May 26th, and it was called Stand Up For Yourself. Your soul will thank you for it. And um, between the standing up for yourself and this article that we're going to talk about today called You're Not God, um, in retrospect, it does have a lot to do with what we as a collective human race is going through. And so though um, I am still processing and I'm still formulating next week's podcast, which I think will be more about intuition and our souls and this awakening that we're going through, I just um, went a little bit more time i.e. next week, to really make sure that when I'm able to talk about this stuff, which is complex, it is layered. It's not as simple as like, okay, everybody get over it and be nice. That That's not real. There's so many spiritual reasons why um, this is happening and why people do what they do and um, why we're here at this place in this moment. So I want to be sure that I can articulate as simply as I can to talk about a very complex thing, which we will next week. Okay. But, um, in the meantime, I want to give you these, (laughs) excuse me. In the meantime, I want to give you these 10 tips, these 10 reminders to help, especially the sensitives, especially the psychic mediums, um, help elevate you and support you and refine your energy as we all go through this time, not only in my country, not only in America, but um, collectively, because through video and through technology, we truly have become a global family. And what happens across the ocean 
hits my heart as hard as something that happens down the street for me or in my own community or in my own country. It doesn't matter anymore. It didn't matter before, but it was easier to not have to look. Um, but due to videos, we're all looking and we're all looking at the same thing and we're all looking at the same, we're, we're all looking at the same thing. We're looking at people. We're looking at the human spirit. And uh, I want to have a really honest conversation with those of you that can handle it for sure. Um, and you, you guys are my priority, my, the sensitives, the psychic community, you guys are my priority. So I know that whatever we do talk about next week, um, it will be a conversation that you can handle and it will be a conversation that you will comprehend. And it might take a little while cause you know, all of this took me a long time or, you know, sometimes years, sometimes decades to comprehend, but, um, the seed of conversation has to start somewhere. And so, um, the conversation will not be new to you. I'm not suggesting that, but, um, I'm suggesting that, uh, um, between my guides and I, we are trying to put it in a, a formula in a conversational context that will make it as simplistic as we can to support you, to support the things you will have to do, what I have to do, um, to stay conscious, to speak consciously, to speak up, um, and play our part in all of this. And yes, many of us are old souls that are called to witness, but um, to suggest none of us will have a role in this consciousness awakening um, is silly. We, we will all have that moment where we can't not say something, we can't not speak up. So um, I want to just give you that foundation from which you will have your authority to speak on these these issues because you see what you see and you know what you know, which creates responsibility in us. Okay. So, um, I'm going to give you these 10 tips. We're going to stay on point. And, um, even this article that I wrote a year ago is relevant to what we are talking about today. So I have an intention to keep it, um, short, it, well, for me, it's short. <laughs> I'm long, I'm long winded and I love to talk about this stuff as you guys have obviously seen by now, but out of respect. And I know a lot of you like want to listen to this in a whole run and it's hard to listen. Um, at, you know, certainly over an hour, it's hard to get through the whole thing. So I want to honor that in you and, um, well, let's just get to it. How about that? So I'm going to use the term God, but certainly use whatever word is most appropriate for you. Okay. For your personal journey. And I will probably interchange God with creator. Um, so if you hear me say that I am talking about the same thing, but for the sake of this conversation, um, you know, if you can sort of, you know, listen through the lens of that, which created all things that which created us. Um, and so that's sort of the lens with which I want you guys to listen to this today. Okay. Okay. So it's not your fault. You are not responsible for all of the horrible things that go on in this world. I hope you have a sense of humor about the title of this article. Um, you know, you're not God. Um, because saying it that way is funny, but the seriousness that it feels to your soul and your body is no laughing matter, right? The old souls are so tired right now. The sensitives are burdened, heavy, 
with weight, the weight of the world. These 10 reminders that you're not God came from the conversations I've been having with my own guides and from the psychics that I teach and counsel every day. Time on earth is brutal for those of us who see and feel everything. (sighs) The burden of witness is unbearable, right? And you feel alone with how much you take in. It's been a lifesaver for me to remember that I am not responsible for, bear with me, I'm going to go over like, at least like nine things that I'm, I'm not responsible for, right? And it took me a, my lifetime to get a clue that I'm not responsible for the lessons that are not my karma, for witnessing other people's lessons with compassion rather than judgment, the totality of the world and its problems why this dimension can be so damn cruel, the stupidity of others, not my fault, the carelessness of others, and the long-term effects of it, not my fault, the ignorance of others, the hypocriticalness, the enabling of cruelty and abuse and the demands of the body and the waste that the body, (laughs) let's be honest, the waste, the waste that this body creates in this world. The, the list is endless. Um, where we're called to help, we must. But the energy it takes to witness this world and humanity right now is just as important as rescuing and saving people, animals, water, the earth, you know, on and on. There is action in witnessing, I assure you, and even more so in speaking the truth to what we are witnessing not every second, but as we have the grace to speak, in, we, ha- we are being called. And sometimes that takes a little bit to even know what the hell the difference is. But with intention, your intuition can guide you through that, okay? But in the meantime, I have a list of 10 reminders that you are not God to help you get through this time on earth, Okay. So the number one thing I want to remind you of is you didn't create you. Okay, like fundamental stuff here. You didn't create you. God or the creator did. We are servants to the, to the majesty of life. And we agreed to come in to do what we've been called to do and then go back home again, right? So we have to try to lighten up you know, really think about that. I mean, if you didn't create you, can you have a lighter spirit about you, (laughs) about yourself? You know, we're not responsible for, you know, the bodies and all that comes along with that. You didn't create this intricacy that makes up the, you know, that there's the soul and then there's the spirit. And then there's the body. I mean, those are very different things that you actually had no say in. Okay, you are the soul and you have a spirit and the body makes a lot of waste in this third third dimension, right? On on this earthly dimension and you didn't even structure that. So with the contemplation of that, I don't I I hope that, that saying that doesn't kick you into any anxiety or fears. I want that to be a playful message. Um you know, how can that be, um, how can you experience yourself, um, without this burden of blame and, um, 
shame that sometimes comes along with just existence alone. Okay. And the second reminder is you didn't create the family you were born into. Let's be honest. Some of us had it good. Some of us didn't. If we didn't, there is reason in that. I promise you our job is to make it through and to speak our truth and you are not responsible for the why it was the way it was. I could do a whole podcast about that and I will. <laughs> I assure you, I'm sure I have it on my massive list of podcast subjects I want to talk about. But um, there, there's a reason that we went into the families that we did. And um, if your family was difficult, that was not your fault. You were a child but it was not for nothing. And so, um, I don't know why, but it makes me sort of think of, um, you know, I, I just, the other night I was watching a 2020 with my son and there was a serial killer father that killed his wife and then later his son for insurance purposes. And, um, you know, the, the, the daughters, right. This, this, this number two, like, um, you didn't create the family you were born into. <laughs> so the point is, is that there was a reason that they were in that family, but that reason also does not make it their fault. Okay. Does that make sense? So it's not your fault if you come from an awful family, but I assure you there's a reason for it. And, um, I hope to do a podcast on that subject <laughs> someday soon. So number three, you aren't responsible for who your family all allowed around you. Okay. Sensitives are scarred by the people that made awful impressions on them when they were little into adulthood. They tell stories about what they had heard and saw as children, no matter what happened, it was not your fault. It is a parent's job to protect you. And if they didn't, I'm sorry but that does not make it your fault. Okay. Um, the truth is, as many of us spend our entire lives, you know, trying to, what's the saying, rise above our raising. Um, and maybe even longer, you know, when you're raised around a certain vibe, that vibe will on some level always feel like home because it's familiar. And so as adults, we, try to raise ourselves and rise above it. And let's just say somebody enters your life that you're comfortable with, you know, 10, 20 years later, you feel brutalized by them and then you beat yourself up. Well, <laughs> excuse me. We have to have compassion for ourselves because the sense of familiarity, it's, it, um, it, can allow us to bring in things that are not healthy for us anymore. So around things like that, I just want you to have tremendous compassion around yourself. Um, some of my clients come from addictive uh, childhoods. And so, of course, as young adults, they picked a partner that had the same addiction and, you know, spent the next 10, 20 years trying to get out of that, away from that, heal from that, change from that, grow from that. You know, now we're 40, 50 years old and, um, there's still a lot of shame. And, um, I just want to encourage you that, you know, to remind you that, you know, you're not responsible for the people 
that, you know, either your parents had around or aunts and uncles had around you that, um, you know, sort of, again, kind of feel comfortable because it's familiar. Does that make sense? Um, let's just say like for in my own childhood, I remember being teeny tiny, maybe about four or five years old. And maybe I've already told you guys, my dad used to have these poker, um, maybe he only had it like two or three times, but in my memory, it was like a lot, <laughs> but he had like a poker thing and he had all his friends down there and he'd, he'd kind of make me give everybody a goodnight kiss in my pajama. And I still feel super grossed out just thinking about it. But, um, one of the men there, as I got older, there was a story that, um, so this is up in Montana, um, back in the eighties, there was a story that one of these men got caught with like killing extra deer or there was some, there was some hunting thing. And so he murdered one of the, um, what do they call the game guys, the warden guys. Now I did questions to do a follow-up to try to find out more about that as I got older, but nobody would, nobody would admit to anything. And, you know, so that was a dead end, but, um, I've had thoughts over my lifetime of just the thought that my dad would have invited an actual murderer to our, my home when I was a little girl can bother me. <laughs> it can really bother me. So, um, it's kind of that where these, if, if you're not just attracting other addiction, you know, the kind of standard stuff, like, you know, people have drinking problems and there's a lot of people with drug problems and, um, for me, I had to do a lot of rising above verbal abuse, um, if not physical, but certainly verbal for most of my life. Um, these sort of characters, we can kind of go back and you think about what the hell was going on where that type of person got to be around me when I was little and innocent and things like that. So not to get off subject here, but I want to bring this back to, um, when you think about things like that, just please remind yourself that you weren't responsible for the people that were around you when you were little, you were a little kid and you should have been protected and you should have had the best people that your parents could have selected. Um, but we're then suggesting that everybody is healed enough to not have trouble, <laughs> which, perhaps as a fantasy. I, I, under, I, I realize that, but, um, anyway, number three, I just wanted to remind you that you're not responsible for that. Okay. So number four, you aren't responsible for your parents' choices, right? So everyone has the same opportunity to heal and become better. And if your parents didn't get the lesson, it is not your fault. If your parents are turning worse with age, that is also not your fault. So that's the message, right? So how this looks, um, a dear friend of mine has reached out, you know, her parents are drug addicts, perhaps both of them. And so the cycle of hell just recycles. And of course, part of that cycle is they'll project on you and they'll blame you. Um, and so, you know, they did that to you when you were 12 and when you're 20, now you're 40 and they're still doing the same shit to you. So, um, if I can heal, you can heal, you know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but we live in the, the era of healing where there is no excuse today to not get help. So 
You know, we have therapists, we have counselors, at a minimum, there are books, at a minimum, minimum, there are audio books where you can just drive and listen. Um, you know, um, let's just say maybe when I will try to bring up something within my own family, another family member will say, well, well, they're just acting like, the, you know, like his dad acted. And I realized that, but the truth is, is that, um, that's not it. And that's not an okay excuse anymore because what we're living in today, you can get help if you so choose. And if you don't get help, you are making a choice not to heal. Um, so those of us that, um, must heal, those of us that refuse to put the pain on the next generation's um, just have to choose whether we can be around that or not, quite, quite frankly. Um, so to come back to the point, number four, you aren't responsible for your parents' choices. Um, if they don't get healing today, they may not ever, and that's not your fault. They have free will and they can choose what they choose. But if they choose not to, I, I realize, and I, I get it within my own family, within my own reality, they are making a choice not to. Okay, so though that feels painful, but it, it is the reality. And so I just want to encourage you to try to, you know, we must accept reality. We can't think of what could be if only. I mean, what is true is true for now. So we, we don't want to f live in fantasies and denial. And to, to just refine your energy around that, it's just not your fault. I want to remind you of that, okay? Number five. You aren't responsible for the pain your parents went through when they were young. So as my guides say, no one gets out of this unscathed, gets out of this life unscathed. Some when we're young, some not until they're old. But either way, when whatever your parents endured, it's not your fault. Their soul went through the lessons their soul signed up for. And you, you may have totally different lessons. So don't make the mistake of taking on the lessons that they refuse to learn. That is between them and God. And so what do I mean by this? Um, I've seen it. I've, I've experienced it. I see it all the time in my practice. Um, where the adults are, are, you know, as children took on the burden and the weight of responsibility for the pain that their, their parents went through. Um, and it's just simply not your fault, you know, to be compassionate for sure. Um, to be able to hold witness, um, to their stories. Absolutely. To understand them more as a, as a human for sure. But, um, you know, there are people that um, hurt their children, and then when the children come to say, look what you've done to me, they say, oh, well, my, my pain was much worse. Um, as a personal story, my grandmother's story is very sad. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, she had several siblings. They were poor um, out in the country, and her mom had baby after baby, and one of the children, the cows knocked into a little um, reservoir for the cows. The cow knocked the two-year-old sibling into the water and drowned. And again, this is like 
early 1900s stuff where my great-grandmother, I imagine she came from some wealth out of Minnesota, and she married her handsome artist husband and followed him out to the out um the railroad did a big campaign about oh you can have this land and you can make all this money farming the land and they fell for the advertisement they picked up and moved out to power montana and um it was brutal 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 i don't know if that land is very good with farming um he was more of an artist not a farmer so he could never really in my terms, get his shit together and <laughs> take take care of business because he was an artist by heart. Um, today, he, he might have looked like a very different man, but I, I do have compassion for his social programming in his timeline. So he, you know, try to do, I guess, quote unquote, the right thing, get married, have kids. So I just imagine my great grandmother, Clara, um, having children, they're dirt poor, literally, babies dying because of cows, um, you know, poor and the the dust bowl. And she can't call her sisters in Minnesota, you know, like she can't text them like we can today. She can't call anybody. There's no phone. So she's totally alone. She's went from money to nothing. I I have so much compassion for her story. Um, And so if you're interested, the final story is, I think she had her eighth or ninth child, and what we know of as postpartum depression kicked in with her very badly. They didn't know that back then, so they just basically said she went insane, and through her postpartum depression, one night in a rage, she went out and killed all the chickens, and she was hospitalized for that, and then died days later of a stroke. So, um, you know, the whole thing I have so much compassion for. They didn't know what they didn't know back then. They didn't have um, access to help back then. So my, my grandmother at age 12 lost her mother and was put in a, um, a Catholic orphanage. And so the point is, is that when I would go to my grandmother for help as a child, when I was suffering, scared, being hurt, she would always turn around and say, well, you know, well, I didn't have a mom or, well, I lived in an orphanage or, um, so it kind of creates this thing where, again, it puts the, the burden of their story on the child's shoulders. So I could talk long and strong about this subject, but I want to refine it and to simplify, um, witness the story of your parents, but what happened to them is not your fault. So I know you sensitives, I know that you hear that story and you take that pain on and in your body, in your energy body, it can create extra body weight, it can create illnesses. So you're not just hearing the story, you're taking it one step further, (coughs) excuse me, and you're really taking on that, that story in your energy system. So I want to encourage you that it what happened to them when they were children was not your fault. So if you can do a little check-in with yourself to make sure that you're not carrying any guilt or shame for the story that they had to go through. Um, okay. I want to talk more about that, but I, <laughs> I won't. Okay. I know you understand what I'm saying. So I'll move on to the sixth one. Number six, you aren't responsible for how people cope with their pain. 
So sensitives naturally take on the emotions and the responsibilities of other people. It's not your fault if people can um, convince themselves that they can't handle it. It's not your job to fix it for them. It is not your fault. So um, this is on the lines of um, there's something going on and whomever it's going on with, like not you, but somebody else, because we're talking about boundaries with other people. Um, If somebody is saying they can't handle it, first of all, that's not true because whatever we are each individually called to go through, we have the grace, i.e., Uh, We have the energy, the grace, the grace from heaven, the grace from God, the grace from the creator, specifically for what exactly is going on in our lives. We have the energetic grace for that. Also, the guides, you may also inquire or acquire another guide to specifically help you through. So to my sensitives, um... When somebody is going through something, they can say they can't handle it, but I assure you they can and they must. So when we come, when we, when we hear people and we're there for them and they say that, let them, you know, blow off some steam and say that, but don't convince yourself that they're so weak. You have to now carry their cross. You don't. Okay. They have the grace. Um, it is a soul lesson. So there are reasons for everything. And if we say, because we do this just unconsciously. It's not like we know we're doing this. But when we take other people's crosses, we're not always helping them, okay? Because we're taking away that which their soul has prepared for, has agreed to go through. So I'm just encouraging you to refine your energy. Let people carry their crosses um, where they may. Yes, I have a different instinct to to our children. (laughs) If I can carry a cross for my children, I will, but I'll explain what I'm doing to them the whole time because, you know, and then maybe I just simply can't carry that for them. But my instinct is certainly to carry that for them because I'm their mother and I want to protect them, but I don't want to protect them so much that they miss out on the soul lessons and the soul experiences that um, they've come to have. Okay. Um, Okay. So number seven, you didn't create the universe. So sun is burning out. I don't know. Water drying up. You got me. Nuclear war. Who the hell knows, right? Yes, I'm psychic, but I am not all knowing. So when my son gets scared of these things, I tell him, take it up with God. Not to be a smart ass, but to remind him it's out of my hands. It's out of his hands. He's not responsible for those answers either. Who the hell do any of us really know, right? As a medium, I know either way we're going to be okay, right? I have no control of when or how any of us die and neither do you. And that's a good thing. If there's something I can help with, I do. I care. But it's not up to me what happens to our beautiful universe. That's God, the creator's business. And when I get anxious over our mortality, my guides remind me, uh, it's not up to you, honey. Right? And thank God it's not. So the majority of things in our life we have no control over. So 
the follow-up question would be, can you have a sense of humor around it? You know, like as a medium, you know, we're here temporarily and then we go back to wherever we came and then we can come back to this dimension. We go back not to blow your mind, but we go to other dimensions too. If you know, our soul needs that sort of lesson too. I mean, we could have a real talk about that and hopefully we will someday. But, um, the point is, is that, um, we all got the memo. We're not going to live forever. (laughs) So, um, when and where our soul knows that, but thank God our brains don't know that. So we can just get through the damn day. Can we get through the day with a sense of humor? Can we, you know, like it's going to do what it's going to do. And you're either in this dimension or you, you know, cross over to the other dimension. Either way, your soul is going to be okay. In either way, as a family, we're going to see each other. We're going to know each other. We've known each other. We've all had past lives together. It's, it's fluid. You know, we're going to have more lives together in the future. It's, it's okay. Um, so I just, psychics, sensitives bear the weight of mortality. I know you do. And so to just really refine the reality is it's not your fault either way. You have no control over it. And to remind you, because I know you know, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. Your soul is eternal. This dimension, another dimension, eh, it's okay. You cannot be destroyed, right? Obviously, the body is a third dimensional thing. It's grown in this dimension and it's, you know, when the soul leaves it, the body stays in this dimension as it decomposes. Not to be grotesque, but to, you know, that's what happens. The body is of this dimension, but you are not. So, um, who knows? And that's okay. It's just because you're a medium too, and you talk to the dead doesn't make you responsible for the dead either. Okay. Or for death in general. So number eight, you aren't in control. You are not in control of people's lives or their death. Okay, so over the decades, I've seen hundreds of clients try not only to control other people's lives, but their deaths too. God, right? He's going to die if he blah, blah, blah. She's going to die if she doesn't blah, blah, blah. If he doesn't stop smoking, he'll die, right? And then I'm like, I'm sorry, he's 91, like, God damn. (laughs) Sorry, but he's 91. I think he's, you know, I think he's, he's good. You know, he's okay. (laughs) Now, if your parent, if you're a parent and your child is struggling, it is your job to intercede and help um, until they get through it. Like we can't have that same attitude towards our children, but like grandpa who's 91, if he wants to smoke, let him smoke. Um, but I get it. You know, we want the best for our loved ones and, and we want them to live as long as they can. And that's fine. But the, the problem is, um, when we think we have control over them, cause we don't, right? So of course we want what we want, what we think is best for everyone. But in the end, life and death are between the soul and God. It's not your fault, but, um, what happens between now and then. Um, how do you know it's not a hundred percent true, right? How do you know it's not a hundred percent true that somebody is supposed to die at 55 and not 85? Do you really know they were supposed to live to, you know, 200 years old? <sighs> it's a mind bender, I know. And just because they were supposed to go young doesn't mean 
you're going to be okay with that. Like that's a whole other thing. Trying to accept the truth of it is part of the process, but do you have control over it? No, you don't. I don't, you don't, none of us do. Can we hold this space for people to live as they are destined to do or how they want to go out, you know, as a soul, how they want to go out? I remember my grandpa denied his symptoms of cancer long before he was diagnosed. And he'd watched what his wife went through with her cancer diagnosis like five years earlier. And it was brutal and fatal. So he was nearly 80 years old. And he was ready for whatever God had in store for him now. But he was he was not accepting treatment. Okay, that was he was not going to go through what his wife had gone through. So I personally understood his decision and I supported him. No judgment. His kids, however, some of them were angry. And I understood that too. Feeling the feelings of loss are okay, but thinking you should have done something and it's your fault because he didn't do whatever, right? Isn't your fault. I remember when my son was three years old, he was hospitalized for a severe asthma attack. And they'd said, had I not brought him in when I did, he would have died of a heart attack. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. I thought he was just breathing funny and I knew he just needed to see the doctor. And I was in total shock of what happened that day. The words lingered. My husband froze in fear and I turned to the spirit world. I mean, this little boy who I would kill to protect and die to save forced me to confront his soul face to face, as well as my limitations as a mother when it came to his actual life. I had to honor the contract between him and God. <sighs> so I said to him through silent prayer, you have so much to do yet, son was my constant affirmation in my mind and heart towards him. And thank God he did stay. You'll always have an opinion, of course, but what people choose to do is not your fault. It's between the soul and God. But as a sensitive, our peace is found in accepting the truth of someone's life and accepting their death when and how it occurs for them without thinking we could have done anything to stop it. I mean, during that time in the hospital with my son, it was the, you know, all the things that the guides had sort of told me about, I was now confronting in real time. Um, sometime we'll do a podcast about exit points. Um, they're complex and they're layered. Where So my son was at an exit point. He was at a point in his chart where he absolutely could have crossed over to heaven, feeling absolutely happy that he'd fulfilled his life, pur his life purpose. <laughs> As his mother, I would disagree. But my disagreement would not have necessarily stopped that from being true for his soul. And I have unfortunately many, many, many clients of mine have kids that have passed away. So this is something that I have to talk about a lot. And, um, you know, many people are called to be in that space of truth with the souls of people they love and realize that they had no control over what that soul came to do. And when that soul came to leave. So, bringing us back to the fine point that 
that is not your fault. And to let go of that constant, I, I consider it beating yourself up of had you done this, had you done that, had he stopped this, had she stopped that. At some point, if um, the moment is over and it is what it is, we must accept what was, is, and I know it's not easy, but okay. Number three, you are not responsible for the oppressed and hurting people. I'm saying this to people that wouldn't hurt a fly, obviously. So in the context of what's going on in my country and of course all around the world, um, I'm not talking to the people that do the hurting. (laughs) They generally don't like to hear what I have to say. So most of you, the majority of you listening to me, taking your time to listen and talk with me, you guys wouldn't hurt a fly. And so number nine is in that context. Um, So we are talking about Um, If there are hurting people anywhere, the psychic sensitives are the ones that feel it, like three-dimensionally feel it. I can tell what's on the news based on what my client does that day. Just them walking in the room, I know that they've watched the news or they've heard something. I can feel it. I get the full download from them. And what I assure you is that they come in full of responsibility that is not theirs to carry right? The tears and the agony and the fear um, across the globe. It's the sensitives that walk in with the energy of that in their bodies. So the brutal truth is there is healing in the witnessing, which makes this time on earth so wondrous. And at no point in time on earth were we able to see videos of these atrocities. We can witness it, We believe others like we never have before. Um, We've believed them, but you know, some, the majority of people don't believe unless they see it with their actual eyes. So because of technology, we do see it with our eyes. For the psychic sensitive, that validates what we already knew, why we were so pissed off to see it. We know, but for the people that can't, that are not naturally intuitive like that, the seeing it enters the brain, which sort of expands from there, where we don't necessarily have to see it to know, but the seeing is validation. So witness what you can, yes, but carry it on from that point, no. No, no, no. It's not your fault. It's not your responsibility, right? So when I was beaten and starved as a child, no one helped me and no one came to my rescue. And I had a hard time sorting that out as I tried to heal. And my guys would say to me, it worked out that way. It it worked out the way it needed to. You saved yourself and you needed to know you could do it. And had someone else done it for you, you would have learned that you needed others to help you. Um, So watching someone suffer and turning the other cheek is what got our society to where it is today. And if you can help, do, right? If you are um, being called to help to speak, absolutely. But if you are not being guided to help, and, you know, again, like you're in your living room looking at your phone, there's no real life scenario where you can be of help. Um, I want to remind you that it is not your fault. So, cause when we feel shame, or, <coughs> excuse me, 
excuse me, or guilt, or we take on that energy, then we can be less helpful to solving these problems, you know, as a human being. Um, so if we can separate, like, that is not my fault. I did not do that. We can be more proactive to um, supporting and being clear and being part of the solution. Right. Um, this is one of the hardest lessons for an old sensitive soul, for sure. But you being brave and looking and witnessing and listening is what we are in desperate need of, right? So then you process what you witnessed and you put it down. That's your job, okay? You, you're witnessing, you're seeing, you're not looking away, but you do process that and move on, okay? You don't pick that up in your energy and stop and carry it around for the rest of your life. Okay, and finally, number 10, you did not create the demands of the body, I could write pages on how this affects sensitives. I mean, the transportation equals cars, massive garbage, oil issues. I mean, wouldn't it be nice had we had wings? Hello. We wouldn't need clothes if we had wings and feathers. We could fly. We wouldn't need clothes because we'd have our pretty feathers to keep us warm. We'd have our wings to for transportation. But guess what? We weren't created with either of those. So, you know... We have to eat and people farm so they don't have to be hunters every second of existence, you know. Just think about that. You didn't create the body. You didn't make the body to have to eat. You didn't create the body naked. You didn't create the body with no wings. <laughs> so all of these things that human beings have been perhaps channeled, right, to consider that, you know, can... Beautiful clothing be channeled from the other side as a service to humanity to warm one's body. Um, can we have transportation that is, uh, you know, perhaps less uh, earth destroying? You know, uh, that's a whole other conversation for sure and a conversation we must have. But the list of body issues alone um, is, a, you know, the body issues is a long one. The way, you know, all the body's needs makes all these things that are quote unquote bad for our planet. So, um, my guides have advised us to refine our mind and heart by accepting the, the demands of the body and not taking on the responsibility of the world by the garbage the body produces. So yes, we must do better on how to deal with environmental issues. We must, and we will, and we shall. That's a whole other podcast for sure. But the spirit world is ready to assist us. We just have to get our politics to align with our earthly values, and we will make waste much more holistic. Um, the guides are adamant on that. We, we must and we will. So in the meantime, for the sensitives that find all of this unbearable, remember you are not responsible for the demands of the body, okay? Pray for humanity to find its way to align with the earth and find your peace through accepting the soul contract between humans, our bodies, and Mother Earth. We must accept reality as it is in order to change it. You're already there. Now we must, um, we must find deeper acceptance of the body in this dimension because it is a messy and beautiful journey. Well, that is it for this week's podcast. 
And as always, if you are curious about which is the strongest Claire in you, right? Your intuition is made up of your Claire's, clairvoyance, clairaudience, claircognizant, clairsentient, right? If you're curious about that, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take my quiz, which Claire are you? So thank you for being here with me. I look forward to next week's episode, which will be, the intention is that we will have a very spiritual and directed conversation about this awakening, about humanity, about the soul, about um, karma. I mean, all that stuff. So I'm working on it and I just really want to get it perfect for you so that it is as refined and as clear as I can possibly make it. So anytime. Anyway, rather, I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.